Good morning, CME Covenant. And happy new year to you. It is a blessing to stand with you all, to be present, and um, I'm excited about what the new year has to bring, and uh, thank God for your soon-to-be pastor installing. Let's give him a hand again. God bless you, sir. Thank you for coming down. Um, I was going to say we look forward to having you, but we look forward to having you. So um, thank you, sir. Um, God bless you all. I realize this is Sunday of the new year. I realize the playoffs are starting, and I know the Saints are playing, and, and thank you guys for being here, you football fans, despite the fact that the game is starting fairly soon. So I will do my best to be mindful of time so you guys can get on and enjoy the game. Um, again, I hope you all had great holidays. Uh, my holidays were a little rough. Uh, my wife and I, we were both a little sick, so we had to uh, cancel family plans. So we're, we're hanging out with you guys instead. Um, um, but I want to acknowledge my wife, Ashley. Thank God for her. Give her a hand. That's my good thing, and I thank God for her. Um, and I also want to acknowledge Sister Amy. Uh, she's making faces at me. Her and her family are here. Uh, her mother's a member here, and she came out to support. So I thank God for her coming out. Y'all give her a hand real quick. She'll give me a hard time about that later. Um, let us pray, and then let's move into the word. Uh, God, you're awesome. You're amazing. Lord, I pray that you speak. I get the privilege, God, to stand here and to be a tool in the Father's hands, simply striving to help people know you, God. So may they experience you, may they celebrate you, may they walk away being more confident in God. We love you, God, and we thank you, God, and we pray that you would speak. In your name we pray, thank God, and amen. Amen. I have a familiar passage for you all. Um, if you've grown up in church, uh, you know this passage. If you haven't grown up in church, you may have heard this passage at some point during a funeral, during a, a wedding, during a special occasions. Um, it's a passage we most of us may know by heart. Uh, Psalms 23. Psalms 23. I uh, memorized this when I was around five or six. Uh, I, was, I was one of those kids that loved to know the verse first when we were in kids' church and memorize verses and whatnot. I was, I was competitive, and this verse has been a blessing over the years in my life. And so I want to share this verse with you, and what I want to do is, in our time we have, illuminate this verse and make clear some of the, the deeper points that are, in, are beneath the surface of the text. So I would invite you as I recite this text to simply feel it. Don't just hear it. Imagine yourself being David as he uh, writes these words. Imagine yourself being with a shepherd. David writes these words. He simply says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. 
He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow and death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. He concludes this verse. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. (laughs) And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Psalms 23 has three movements, three movements. It starts out with David resting in God. It then goes to David walking with God. And it concludes with David celebrating with God. And it's interesting, people think that um, most of us who are church historians and who, who have a little knowledge of the Bible, people think that what happened is David wrote this text when he, was, when he was sitting with his sheep. He used to be a shepherd before he became a king. When he was sitting with his sheep, people think that that's when he wrote this text. But the text would argue against that because it says he had some enemies. And during the time when he was a shepherd, he didn't have enemies. Other commentators would suggest this. They say that David was at war possibly with his son. But those of you that know the Bible, there was a time where David went to battle against his son, and they, and they divided his kingdom. And David is grief-streaking. He's sad. He's hurting. He's angry. He's frustrated that he's at war against his son. And during this deep moment, this slowly stricken moment, David would write these intimate words, simply saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I love it what David shows us. David shows us this. He says that in the hardest times of our life, he turns to God and he says, God, you're in charge. And, 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 and you know, I know Pastors have this thing we do. We, every year, the first Sunday of the new year, we preach these sermons that say, in 2020, you're going to win. In 2020, you're going to have great things. And in 2019, God's going to do this. And in 2018, God's going to do that. And, and I love that. And I would love to come here and say that. But, but here's the reality. We're going to have some hard times. We are going to have some difficult times this year. And so my prayer is that the first thing you do when you find yourself in a difficult time this year is you turn to God and you remind him, God, you're in charge. You're my shepherd. And because you're my shepherd, God, 
I don't have any complaints. I'm, I'm in a difficult season, God. I won't lie about that, but, but I don't have any needs or wants. I shall not want because you're in charge. And so while it may look confusing, you've got everything under control. Then David says, I love it, I love it. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. I love the fact that he used the word make. In shepherding days, in this culture, in Hebrew culture, what would happen is a sheep, if he or she would run from the flock, the shepherd would go and grab them and bring them back. And if that same sheep would run from the flock again a second time, the shepherd would grab them back. And if that same sheep was stubborn and did it a third time, the shepherd would gently break their leg. I love that response. Yes. Woo, that got me excited. Uh, so, and, and, and what he would do is he would gently break their leg, and then he would carry them over and sit them right next to him and have them calm down and have them and tend, or, and tend to them, rubbing them and whatnot. And you need to know, in 2020, when you find yourself in a situation where you're suffering, where you're feeling a little broken, maybe it's God trying to break you a little bit so he can pull you in close to him and rub the back of your head and stroke you gently and tell you, hey, 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 rest in me for a little bit. Rest in me. I'm sorry, y'all, real quick. Okay, so I grew up in a black church, and in the black church, we had this thing called call and response. And every now and then, everybody would say amen and preach, preacher. When she said amen just now, y'all, I wanted to go, yes! <laughs> Woo! Okay, sorry, 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 sorry. Sorry, God. The Lord is my shepherd. Here we go. Okay. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Woo! You say amen again, girl. I'm going to have to shout. Sorry, y'all. Okay, okay, okay. And so, and so... The shepherd at times, he, he may gently break the leg and bring it close so, he could, so, so the, the sheep can rest in his presence. In 2020, I need you to know that at times you may find yourself in difficult situations and it simply may be God breaking you so that you could rest in his presence. Then he says... Y'all, don't, don't do that to me, y'all. Y'all want to go watch the game? Don't do it to me. He says, he says, he says, he makes me a light to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Shepherds, they, what they would do is they would lead, gently lead. In our culture, when we deal with cattle and herding, we, we drive them. We, we push them. We force them. Shepherds would lead. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. I love it. Shepherds, what they would do is, they would do this. At times when sheep were having a hard time keeping up with the flock, they would pick them up and carry them in their arms. They would pick them up and carry them around. And it was a, it was a, it was a way of keeping them close to their heart. Y'all, God wants you to rest in his presence, but sometimes your resting will be God carrying you. And I pray that when you find yourself at a hard time this year, because it will happen, you will feel God picking you up and restoring your soul by carrying you 
during those difficult seasons. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Shepherds, shepherds, shepherds. They led three ways. They led three ways. They led, either they led out in front. The sheep were behind them, following them. Or they led within the sheep. The sheep were around them, and they were walking with the sheep. Or they led behind the sheep. They would say, keep going. I'm right here. Keep going. I got you. Let me show you an example. John, come here real quick, brother. You got to move quick, man. John's the sheep and I'm the shepherd, not in real life, but in biblical life. And so, and so what would happen is this, a shepherd, he would lead in the front. He would say, follow me, telling the sheep to follow. And then at times he would say he would walk with the sheep. He would begin to smell like the sheep walking with them. <laughs> we smell good, don't we, bro? Do, yeah. yeah. And then at times he would keep the sheep going. Keep going. You got it. You're almost there to the water. Keep going. And what am I saying? You can sit down, brother. Thank you. Sometimes, actually, come back. Sometimes, 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 God, in 2020, when you find yourselves in these difficult seasons, when you find yourself struggling with where is God, all you have to do is listen for his voice. God may be saying, follow me. Follow me. <laughs> You're doing all right. Or God may say, I'm right here next to you, walking with you. I'm right here. Just listen. Or God may say, you got this. Keep going. Keep going. All you've got to do in this season is listen for the voice of God and be confident that God is leading you. For his name's sake, he's leading you in right paths for his name's sake. The reason why it's a right path is simply because God's name is on the line. He can't afford for you to get it wrong because his name is on the line. So he's leading you down the right path because his name is on the line. Then the text says, yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow and death. I want to hang out down here with y'all. This is fun. I will fear no evil. For you are with me, and I'm coming to a close. Notice what David does. Psalms 1 through 23, verse 1 through 3. He's talking about God to somebody. He's saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down, yada, yada, yada. 4 through 6, he's talking directly to God. He says, yea, though, I'm walking through a valley of shadow and death. I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He switches. You need to know that when situations get their hardest in your life, when they get the most trying, this year, another year, whatever, when they get the most difficult, talk directly to God. Whatever that looks like for you, some of you that may be journaling, some of you that may be going, I do these things called prayer walks. I go and I walk and I talk to God. Some that may be getting on your knees and simply declaring, Lord, I need you. Talk directly to God in your most difficult times, the darkest valleys. And then I love what David says, though. David says, 
I ain't got nothing to worry about. I will fear no evil for you are with me. David begins to become confident. He says, God, I'm in a situation where there is war going on around me. But I'm good. I'm all right because you are with me. How do I know you're with me? Your rod and staff are comforting me. The rod, the rod, it was used as a, as a form of protection. It was what a shepherd used to protect his sheep. The staff, the staff was something the shepherd used as, as a walking stick. It was his support, but it was also something he used to guide the sheep, to gently guide the sheep left and right. When you talk directly to God, remember that God is with you. And even when it's hard and you can't see him and you can't, you feel like he's not there, he's present. David then jumps out of the shepherd analogy and he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. David is now going to a place of celebrating. Remember our three movements, resting in God, walking with God, now celebrating with God. David is going from a place of now celebrating, recognizing that even in the midst of the situation where there's war going on, he's saying, God, because you're with me, I've already got the victory. I've already won. So now that I've won, I can celebrate with you. And he's saying, God, I'm in your house celebrating with you. Can you imagine what it feels like to be in the house of God celebrating with him and he prepares a meal for you. He prepares a meal for you. I love this right here. Perfect. God, he prepares a meal for you. David then says, my cup overflows. Jewish culture. This is a Jewish idiom. And what it simply means is this. In Jewish culture, when you were having a meal with them, if, and your cup ran out, your wine would run out. If they filled it back up halfway, that meant they wanted you to leave. <laughs> and they were trying to be polite, and they were trying to gently say, okay, it's time to get out of here. <laughs> but if they filled it up to the brim to the point where the cup was overflowing, that meant they didn't want you to leave. They wanted you to stay and fellowship with them some more. And I love it. David says, I'm in the Lord's house, and he refills my cup, and it overflows, meaning he doesn't want me to leave. He wants me to stay in his presence. Y'all, don't miss it. David is saying that in hard times, the Lord is with you, and he wants you to stay in his presence with him. So then he concludes with, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. His goodness and his mercy together, that simply means the steadfast love of the Lord. The steadfast love, the never-ending love of the Lord will be with me every day. That means God will be with me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David points to this idea, dwelling. It means returning back. So he's saying, no matter what goes on in my life, I will always return back to God's house to be present. And when you return back to God's house, would you return with gratitude and thankfulness and grace? I conclude with a story. 
Eddie Rickenbacker. Eddie Rickenbacker. Sometimes on a Friday, there's a coastal beach. You'll see a man walking with a bucket. And he'll walk to the end of the beach where seagulls are everywhere. And he'll start throwing out fishes out of his bucket. Older gentlemen throwing out fishes. And the whole time he's saying, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, if you saw this, this, this would look weird to you. This man, his name was Eddie Rickenbacker. And Eddie Rickenbacker was a famous war vet. He flew all kind of missions. During one of his missions, his plane was shot down. And he and his, his crew, they would all live, surprisingly. They got into a lifeboat. And they began to eat the food portions. And about day eight, they ran out of food portions. They're stranded at sea with no food portions. Eddie sits up. He does a devotional. And he says, God, if we die, we extend ourselves to you. And if you keep us, we love you and we thank you. Eddie would lean back, take a nap. And he was about to put his hat on his head. And right before he did, a seagull would land on his head. And he caught the seagull. And forgive me, anyone, they, what he did was they, they, they killed the seagull. And they had a small meal. And then the rest of the 16 days, they were stranded at sea. They would use the, the intestines of the seagull as bait to fish. They would fish, eat, fish, eat, repeat, repeat, repeat. Oh, so Eddie, never forgetting this moment when they were finally rescued, his whole crew. He never forgot that moment. And so every Friday, you'll find Eddie on someone's beach with a, with a can of fish. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Why am I telling you this as the band is coming forward? Psalms 23, he reminds us to dwell and the house of the Lord forever. Dwelling means return to the house of the Lord forever. And when you return to God's house, would you simply return with the discipline of gratitude, simply saying, You kept me, thank you. You're with me, thank you. You protect me, thank you. You restore my soul, thank you. Would you simply remember to always say thank you to God for being the good shepherd?
Let us pray. Father, we thank you for being a shepherd who cares for us, who loves us, who looks after us, and who places your arms around us. God, would you never leave our sides? Would you keep us close when we start to wander away from you, God? And God, would we forever remember to always say thank you for being the good shepherd? God, I pray that my assignment was accomplished. Now, Lord, may the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. You are our strength and our redeemer, God. Be glory out of our lives. In your name we pray, thank God. And amen. Amen. We uh, now want to flow into a time of communion. And um, I pray that I do my best to honor your uh, practices of a communion. As the, uh, as the servers are coming forward, I want to briefly bless the elements. Jesus, he is the good shepherd. The New Testament confirms that. And what he did on a night before he would go on a cross and die for our sins, he gathered his disciples together. They were already gathering for a, a Passover meal, but he would use this meal specifically as an opportunity to challenge his disciples to remember him. And so first he took the bread and he broke it in half. And he blessed it. Let us bless the bread. Lord, we forever remember your body. And we thank you for it. Your broken body on our behalf. So that we would not suffer the consequences of sin. We thank you. We praise you and we bless your name. Amen.